Welcome to Coffee and Conservation, hosted by Dr. Beth Baker, Assistant Extension Professor in the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Aquaculture at Mississippi State University. From water and soil to habitat and food production, Dr. Baker and her guests discuss the necessity and complexity of conservation in the U.S. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Conservation. I'm Beth Baker, and today we are back with our final episode with Mr. Stanley Wise, talking about Wise Family Farm. And today's really exciting. We're going to switch gears a little bit and dig into the educational value of the farm, agritourism, the changing role of farmers, and just a few other fun topics. So enjoy. We, we have, you know, people uh, compliment us all the time about thank you for having this place that we can bring, we can come out and as a family and do something fun. And we can, you have a beautiful place. We love to, uh, we love to uh, walk your farm and see what's going on. And that's something they look forward to. And as a matter of fact, I had a couple out there the other day that they came by and they were from Wisconsin to some friends of mine and they have an agritourism business. And so <clears throat> they were looking at my farm and I was showing them and they said, you let the people go all over this farm. I said, I'll let them go in every corner. I said, matter of fact, I got a wagon taxi that will carry them to any place on this farm. They're welcome to walk anywhere on our farm. I want them to see nature up close and personal. I want to see the agriculture as it's happening. And uh, and it's, I won't say it's necessarily a park. I want it to be a farm for them to see you know what's going on. One of the my goals for the future is to grow this operation with more emphasis, even more emphasis on education, mm-hmm. and uh, because it's so important that we that we as farmers um, we in, we as farmers connect with our general public, and I think that's something that farmers can work at. Uh, you know. If you think of a farmer, uh, most people think of a farmer and they'll think of a guy in overalls and a straw hat. You know, and it's sad because that's not, it's really a business person now. But it's okay. I, I really don't mind them thinking of overalls and a straw hat uh, as long as they know that, it, that what they eat and how they get it, or what they wear, takes a lot more than ordering it from Amazon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I, I I appreciate that you brought up what people might think of because it gives us an opportunity to to give them something else to think about. And I was talking with my friend um, Natalie, who who did grow up on a farm, her family farms, and she was also talking about you know what a farmer really does. And she's like, they're an engineer, they're an economist, they have to understand the markets, mm-hmm. and then they're a business person because they're selling a crop before they even put it in the ground, you know, and all these other different roles that really better describe a farmer than just the word farmer. Hey, that's a great idea. You know, I love that fact that farmer, it is. Farmer has to be all those Land things. Land steward, water steward, yes, mechanic. Everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they uh, farmers need help. You know, they they do. They need, they need help with a lot of things, but they need particular help with uh, soil conservation practices and the best things that they can use on the farm. We all do. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you circled back there, you know, 
because we've we've talked about so many elements of the farm, but we've been talking about soil and water conservation for over a hundred years since the Dust Bowl, and it's still you know especially with just the environmental challenges we have and economic challenges too, labor challenges, it's still going to continue to be just a fundamental component of the farm system because the resources you need to grow anything is the soil resource. That's that's right. You know, we're not making we're not making any more soil. As a matter of fact, we're taking up a lot of farm space. So urban sprawl across the nation is is taking in lots of farmland. In some areas, it's some of the best farmland in the world, you know, that they're taking in. And so uh, we we have to manage what we've got very well. And I think we need to look at it as a whole population. Is uh, That needs to be as important as anything that we're, to me, as important as the military or any other thing that we, I mean, we got to have food to eat. we got to protect it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's important. I think you said it plainly and perfectly because it is that it is that simple and it is that important yes it is important it's it's the front lines i mean people think i think people people are so far removed they don't think they don't think about where their food comes from and i want them to think about where their food comes from when they eat it you know i want them to think about where that food comes from and that brings up another aspect to me is that there is a focus on nationally on eating healthier, knowing where your food comes from, mm-hmm. uh, know your food, know your farmer. You know, I've seen those programs. Uh, we can expound on that as extension. We really ought to push that as well because uh, that is important. I think it's very important, especially it helps a small farm. Mm-hmm. If you're talking particularly for, for farmers that carry things to the farmer's market and those kind of things but we we really do need to know our food and know our farmer and i think that should be taught in the inner city classes you know who are your farmers well these are our farmers and we need to highlight farms and we need to encourage teachers to include that segment because we hear so many things about the negative aspects of the farm. Oh, they're ruining our land. These chemicals are tearing, you know, the, the soil. We're ruining our soil. You're ruining your health. <clears throat> and some uh, of that narrative can really overtake all of the good things that are happening. Oh, absolutely. And we, I concentrate when I have people come on the farm. And, and I trust me, as an extension agent, I had people to ask me all the time, well, what do you think about GMO? Well, you know, well, they don't even know what the word GMO means. You know, and so I have people that buy stuff from me at the farm, and they'll say, "Is that a GMO product?" You know, and you'll see some people take advantage of that and say they'll grow things and say this is non-GMO. You know, they market as non-GMO, but really and truly, we should be teaching people that uh, genetically modified organisms f- for the purpose of of uh, increasing your yield and maintaining a uh, uh, that making something that's resistant to uh, uh, an insect mm-hmm. will not only help you, but it keeps us from putting chemicals in the environment. You know, so <clears throat> people right. need to know these things and understand really the pros and cons and, and what the terms mean. And a lot of those products that are labeled non-GMO don't have GMO varieties, so it's more of a, a labeling scheme. 
Oh, absolutely, because I can say non-GMO. I don't have GMO sweet corn, and I could say non-GMO, and people will buy it because it's <laughs> Yeah, being crazy. a really you know, informed consumer and a, and a thoughtful consumer, and like you said, knowing um, your local producers and where your food com- comes from has so many benefits from, from health to supporting local food systems and local food security. Um, that it, that are, that is another really important component. Yes, and I don't think our farming community should be battling as far as they don't need to be bashing people that want to grow on organics. You know, there's room for everybody. We we need to just educate them about the facts and not try to uh, argue with people as much. You know, we need we need people really. We need to be our farming community needs to be inclusive with people that are concerned about the environment, you know. Yeah, you know, and I think too with this next generation, we'll just see more and more folks really get interested in farming and involved with farming and hopefully some expansion of our food systems to include more of the public. So it's not this, you know, like general population and farmers when really where we started at the beginning of our story when your your family yes. farm started everyone farmed i would like to see smaller farms more farms i would love to see i and and i don't mean forcing breaking up you know people's operations but we have got when you get up into the 20 30,000 acre range you're basically um near a corporation you may call you may be a family owned corporation but you're really a business and i would love to see those things where, where young people, if they want to start into farming, would be an operation. I think the society, we need to create uh, a way mm-hmm. for for younger farmer, younger people who want to farm to be able to get into farming. And like I said earlier, those people can broaden their vision and get into farming. But we really do need to make a way for those people because we're not – the farming population as a whole – is getting older and older and older. And who's going to grow your food? Do you want uh, XYZ Corporation to grow your food for you, or do you want Stanley Wise or Beth Baker to grow your food? Yeah, and someone who's in your community that you know that supports and hires folks from within your community and then, you know, supports the local co-op in buying seeds in your community. I love and that. Just really, you know, there's so many benefits. Yeah, so our, our rural communities used to thrive when we had some more. And now you can drive through the Mississippi Delta or even any town, any of the farming communities and see these small towns that have basically drying up and going away. And, you know, that's, you brought up a point. Uh, we have helped so many pe- young people with their first job on the farm. And I love that. That's another aspect of the my farm the part the part i enjoy about our farm is to the people the young people that want a job and you know so many places can't hire a young person but we can legally hire them as long as we don't let them do certain jobs you know that require mechanical uh, driving a tractor or those kind of things and there's so many things on our farm that don't require driving a tractor and so i've given many a, a person a job from age 13, 14, 
you know, mm-hmm. 15. And a lot of times when they get that old, they'll go get them a full-time job somewhere. But we give them that first start. And that, that's, I enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, I was, I've was. i been thinking, you know, as, as you've talked about different parts of the operation, and, we, and we've gone in so many different directions. Sorry. No, it's it's great. Um, just another aspect of the, the farm enterprise that really weaves into, you know, bringing this next generation and more folks into the fold that could be really fun on your farm. Um, is expanding even, like you said, on the education side for small short courses or workshops in things like planning your first vegetable crop, canning, even enterprises for the beginning mm-hmm. or I- internships for the beginning farmer. Just, you know, things that really provide a mentor, someone with a lot of Absolutely. experience, and mm-hmm. then an opportunity to see and do, which, as we know as educators, too, are just so many parts of someone really getting the knowledge and skills mm-hmm. that they need to have, have the confidence to move forward in a certain certain area that they want to. Um, and I know you can't do everything on the farm, but just so many opportunities. We have brainstormed, uh, you know, a lot of those ideas. And my extension background, I... I uh, You're kind of living the extension dream. Because sometimes while we're in I extension, really we're like, what if we could do all of these things? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, because uh, that's the truth. Uh, you know, when I retired, I uh, had some friends say, you know, well, you'll get tired of that after a while. Not if you have a farm. You know, there's there's so many things, and I I have brainstormed and I, some ideas of how we can uh, bring in uh, and do classes. And you know, I have done some things out mm-hmm. there on the farm in the past. It's not new to me. It's just that I haven't put that into my business plan yet. But we we might. That's a commitment that you you know. Yeah, you want to think about I, it. Well, first. I feel like. We're building the bones. <laughs> you know, we still don't have the, all of the infrastructure that we would like to have, and so we're we're building that. And uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to build our little farm to the point where someone in the family in the future. Right now, I don't have a child that's interested, and I have three children. Okay, that was going to be my next question, mm-hmm. what you see, yeah, for the future of the farm. Right now, I, I have three children, and they – they all have their own careers, and they're not really interested at this point coming back to the farm. But someday they may be. Mm-hmm. And I do have grandchildren that may someday decide that's something they want to do. And I do have a distant family member who has uh, expressed an interest. And so that would be my interest in as at this farm, this uh, my grandfather's farm, Monroe Wise's farm, could carry on past my generation, you know. Um, and if only he could see it now, you know, how far I, it's come. <laughs> a lot of things uh, he would be really surprised at, but I think he would be proud of a lot of the things that we've accomplished because we're still growing. That farm is still producing food for local people. It may not be just his family, but it's mm-hmm. growing food for local people and still serving the community. It's still serving the community. It's still a great family place and uh, he loved people. He loved to talk to people and I think he wouldn't he wouldn't be like my dad and say, Well, you need to concentrate on that corn <laughs> Well I am the winter activities, you know, I didn't make it up this winter with my family. Yeah. 
just based on one, I think it was rain projected on one of oh, those weekends. Did you get really bad rain? Yeah, like, we, we got rained out one weekend completely. We had a pretty good time. I, I was amazed that people would come out with the ground so wet. Our, our soil is very, in the winter, it, because of uh, where where the main part of the farm is, it, the water doesn't run off very well. Mm-hmm. And it's poor internal drainage because of the soil type. And so it can get a little bit damp up there. And so we, we used a lot of shavings to put in holes, <laughs> you know. To pat it. To pat it. And then the main part of our farm where we do the corn maze and pumpkin patch and all that, that is completely in the winter off limits because uh, those soils will break through and they <clears throat> they really rut it up. Oh, well, you would rut it up. So we, we keep it contained. But it was very good, and people we had a lot of good feedback, and people like to walk. It's not a driving thing, and we don't sell Christmas trees, but we we uh, had Santa Claus there, and mm-hmm. they could take their pictures. And we also had a light maze, and we had barnyard alley, and we had putt putt golf, and then they had the playground open, and the Christmas lights, you know, all the Christmas and lights and the music. So fun for a family. And we had a nice little general store, and of course we had the snack bar, and you can we had hot chocolate, and we had hot apple cider and you know and and for with the admission they got to get a s'more packet and Mm -hmm. roast their own s'mores and i just love seeing families come and sit around those campfires and and have a good time just have a good time yes yeah it brings me back to you know one of the main things i enjoyed and i know this is off topic for sure but we our, our staff volunteered their time to come in on a weekday when we weren't normally open and we let the children's home and you and and uh tupelo to come they brought 80 people out there and you know and and we gave them that as a little christmas present and they just had the best time and that was meant so much to me that is an incredible incredible gift and just a way to yeah even bring more and our staff just enjoyed it so much it was you know it was great they they weren't making anything and they but they were just as happy as making it was Christmas you know that was the yeah, spirit of Christmas. No one, <clears throat> I don't think there's a single person that when they're they're giving and doing that kind of charitable work doesn't <laughs> right. feel you know doesn't feel totally just wrapped up in in the spirit of giving especially around the holidays. Right. So yeah, that is that's really fun and another great way to to bring the community in. Yep. And that's what we want. We want the community to feel like this farm is their farm. Mm-hmm. They get to come in, and that's something they a place they they go to buy their food, and they they also can come enjoy it and say, "Hey, well, this is part of our community. This is we're you know we, the Wise Family Farm has has been there a long time, and <clears throat> uh, we're we, we're glad that they're here. We that's the way we want them to think, you know." Yeah. Uh, my mother, who was 101, she passed away in early December. She was my father, um, and my my aunt. I told you my, my my dad and my mom, my my dad and my uncle farmed together, and the two matriarchs died in December. You know, and and I had put them in the corn maze. I put a picture of them in the corn maze mm-hmm. this year, and I was so proud I did that. But that reminded me of that generational thing. You know, there's my grandfather's generation and my dad's generation, and they're passing on. And then someday we're going to pass on. And I hope Wise Family Farm is uh, is still there uh, providing uh, 
uh, good things for the community. Yeah, and leaving that great legacy for yeah. sure. That's a great place to. That's a great place to end. Is there anything else you wanted to to share or add or thoughts about the, the farm or the community? Uh, one of the questions, and uh, one of the questions you asked was about uh, the resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> as an extension person, I was always talking to farmers about the resources available to them at the NRCS. And that one of the questions you asked was, if I knew everything, well, no, not all the time. You know, that's something you have to stay abreast of in what's available. And one of the things that I did as a agent, one of the things I served on was the, in the Natural Resources Conservation Service. Uh, they call it a work committee, yeah. where you help set the priorities for some of this money that was coming down what he is talking about is very important, so listen to every word. <laughs> okay. So the extension agent, or at least I was, and I'm sure that's the way it is in, in most counties, get to be a part of that. And if you're not careful, you'll, they'll fo- a lot of that money will be focused to a bigger farmer. And I understand that the funds are limited, and, they, and, and a lot of that is focused for soil conservation but on a bigger scale. And one of the things I felt was my job as an agent to make sure we had things in there that the smaller farmer <laughs> could mm-hmm. benefit from. And so I feel like I was successful for that over the years. And, uh, and, and, and we had good NRCS people that understood that too. But I wanted the work committee because most a lot of the work committee is made up of farmers that are bigger farmers, you know. And, and I think <clears throat> that... We need more funds focused on the smaller farmer, and we need more funds focused on on uh, focus on uh, cover crops mm-hmm. and more soil conservation practices that would help uh, incentivize people to do more of this. So, uh, and uh, it's inc- you need to you know if, if we're talking to people, you talk to your NRCS and say, hey, next year. Can you include some things like that would help us as a as a small farm? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you got to put your got to you got to put your input in if you want it to to, to happen. So it's yeah, that's important. a really that's a really good point. And and so just to back up a little bit specifically specifically what you were speaking to um, is is the funding available, the financial and technical assistance that is available from the USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service for assistance with putting conservation on the ground, which is huge. Absolutely. is like this the, one of the most important mechanisms to get conservation put on the Absolutely. ground, especially in working lands. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's a, a federal entity and it's broken down at the state level, but it's really broken down too at the county level, as you mentioned, with these work groups to yes. decide resource priorities. And you do need to make sure that you understand how that works and to be involved if you can as yes. a local producer to help set those priorities yep. and to make sure that they do align with the resource concerns of all the producers. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it all gener- it all starts at the local level and you can you can have an, uh, an impact or we the local level certainly has the impact of where to focus those dollars. Right. And certainly like not everyone in the whole county can sit on the board. No. But that no. does even 
that does make the role you held even more important because you helped folks that couldn't have a seat at the table that's have right. a voice. That's right. That, uh, you know, that's one of the things that Extension, you know, is good at. You know, that's what we want to do. We want to be a voice for all farmers, not just, uh, you know, not just the great big ones, but the little ones too. And um, anyway, the, the resources, there are so many resources out mm-hmm. there for people and I hope they will explore and contact their local office uh, and look on the USDA website and find the resources. Extension Service has a great website with, with resources that people can can see and access. And I think they just people need to utilize what they have and and if they do that and they'll learn Mm-hmm. more about how to manage their their farm than they can ever imagine. Uh, I learned that through the extension. Right. And how to find the resources to help them do that because you can't do it alone. Can't do it alone. Uh, anyway, I, I've enjoyed the conversation and I hope... It's, uh, it's been fantastic uh, today. I think this is yeah. going to be... You know, I know I learned a lot as I always do, um, but it's going to be so helpful for all of our listeners too. Thank you for inviting me to speak. I enjoyed it. Thank and, you for And being people here. who like to come to Wise Family Farm, y'all are welcome to come. And I give them impromptu f- tours. <laughs> okay, last question on that, because I'm coming back for the Christmas yeah. festival if we don't come back in the summer. The airplane, the small airplane that you have, is that – what is – I mean, it can't be a real airplane, but it looks quite real, but for perfectly for a child. <laughs> it was a real airplane. And I'll tell you about that. It's have, tiny. It was an airplane. I, I'm a I'm a pilot. I don't fly anymore, but I, I learned to fly when I was young. This and, takes us back to what a farmer is. Expand your view on that. Oh, yeah. Also a pilot. <laughs> well, I was a pilot when I was farming the first time, and I used that skill to fly over my farm and keep a watch on if we had just had a, a big rainstorm now, you know, that I could come and see where my water problems were and my drainage issues were. And that really worked really well when I was a young farmer. Uh, nowadays, you can use a drone. And I have just been purchased a drone and plan to learn how to, to use exciting, that. Very exciting. So, uh, but, but the airplane, uh, as a young child, I was fascinated with the airplanes. And, you know, there we didn't have very many opportunities uh, to get up close and personal with the airplane. I was fascinated with, with uh, uh, the ag applicators, you know, the crop dusters, as they would call them. But anyway, I thought if I can, when we started this agritourism farm, if I could find me an airplane <laughs> so that kids would never have an opportunity to see what it's like and they could use their imagination and get in there and fly, you know. So mm-hmm. I just kept asking the right people, and pretty soon I found uh, found a, a situation where it didn't have an engine, and it was just a fuselage, and they sold it to me. I asked them, and we sold, I told them what I was going to use it for, and so I got a great deal on it. Was it a crop duster? No, no. It, no. I mean, it, it's, it's a, a little beach musketeer. Small. It's a four-passenger plane, but... And the f- people crawl up, and I mean, young people crawl in there, and they fly <laughs> everywhere in their mind. You know, the yeah. controls still work, and they they get to a little bit of field of what it's like. In I had that urge when I walked by. I was like, yeah. I think I could fit in that, and it looks like a real airplane. <laughs> My real one of the things I want to do is get a crop duster, 
So any of you out there listening, I would love to have a, a one that doesn't work, but that we could get in. We could talk about the benefits of mm-hmm. of that, and, and we can use that as an educational thing on the farm. So if I would you're love listening to have that. and you're selling a crop duster, or giving, <laughs> my contact information is yeah. on the website. Thank I'll pass so it much. along. Thank you, Beth. Yeah, thank you for coming in. Thanks for joining us for Coffee and Conservation. To find out more about the topics discussed, visit the REACH website at reach.msstate.edu or the Mississippi State University Extension Service website at extension.msstate.edu.